a sneaky feeling that, that some of this is going to sound familiar. It's, uh, I guess, part of, part of what happens, I know when, when I share, is uh, a lot of what's going on <laughs> comes out. <laughs> you know, it's like when you squeeze a lemon, right? What do you get out of it? <laughs> no, lemon juice. <laughs> right? And, uh, and there's, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. I don't think I'm the only one. Yeah. And, and um, one, of the things, one of the things that I have found myself wondering is, what is the key or the trick to getting this right? <laughs> It's, there is one very, very simple answer, and it seems too simple, right? Which is why we often overlook it. The answer is simple. He is Jesus. I could stop right there. The key, the key and the answer is Jesus, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter what the question is. doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter how awkward or how frustrating or how challenging or... What? Doesn't matter if it's physical health, whether it's emotional health, whether it's mental health, whether it's finances, whether it's supply, whether it's family, whether it's work, the answer is this Jesus. See, most of you know me well enough. I think everybody in this room certainly knows, and most of you watching by live stream will probably know. Of course, there's some that are going to tune in that wouldn't know me from a hole in the wall. But, but um, I'm I'm a I, I I guess I'm a self-proclaimed or self-declared fixer. And there's nothing more frustrating for a fixer or a problem solver is to have things that aren't fixed or problems that aren't solved. <laughs> so I am a major work in pro process because I am a problem that needs to be solved. <laughs> can, I, can I say that? Can we, can we, you know, like, I know, that, I know that I'm a work in progress. But one of the things, and, and I've got notes to this, whether I'll get to them or not, I don't know, the Lord knows, is that that doesn't matter how good at something we may be, our solution isn't it. It's not about how good we can do something or how well we can do it or whether or not we can do it ourselves, which is probably more of a problem than it is a solution, by the way. <laughs> because what we need to learn is an absolute, complete, and total dependence upon God and upon the Holy Spirit. And that for a doer and a fixer and a problem solver, is hard. it's hard to wait when you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's, there's stuff even within this very building <laughs> that is frustrating to those of us that know that things could be done differently. But it's been, it's been an amazing, um, 
It's been a bellwether for my state. And I can honestly declare I haven't liked what I found. Because I found that I found, you know, the rough spots. I found the touch points. I found the, the sore spots. And, you know, we were talking about the broken, uh, Joanne was talking about the broken toe. It's a little member on our body. <laughs> But it hurts, a hangnail or a paper cut. It doesn't take much to throw us off balance. And we look so much at everything around us. And it's so easy in this society, in this culture, in this day and age of self-improvement and DIY and independence of doing things on our own. Furthermore, the church has even gone as far as to propagate some of this. Now, not necessarily this church, but the church, right? The big global corporate church. You know, we talk about, you know, um, religion, the list of do's and don'ts and how's and, and how you go about things and how you do things and the 10 steps to this and the six steps to that and the nine points to this and the four points to that. Right? And how we're supposed to do things. That is not God's intended way. Isaiah 29, 16. Let's turn there for a minute. So Isaiah 29, 16, and I'm in the New Living. Surprise, surprise. How foolish can you be? He is the potter, and he is certainly greater than you, the clay. Shouldn't the created thing say to the one who made it? Or, sh sorry, should the created thing say to the one who made it? He didn't make me. Does a jar ever say, the potter who made me is stupid? We, we listen to that scripture, right? And we think, well, yeah. How dumb can you be? You wouldn't say that, but how often do we do that to God? We are his handiwork. So when we criticize what we are at the moment, we're criticizing the handiwork of God. Now, a work in process is just that. It's a work in process. The, the, the clay doesn't jump onto that potter's wheel all by itself and just instantly become that which is destined to be. There is a process. But thinking that, that we can criticize our maker or criticize the maid, which is us, it plays into what, I, what I, I've determined here in my notes as, as a carefully crafted lie sold to the church and even carried on by the church. We're told that you need to do better. You need to improve yourself. You need to fix yourself. So for somebody that's performance-oriented or, or, again, problem-solving, <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. But see, we can't do it, nor should we try. There is a purpose. We are created with a God-sized hole in us that only He can fill. 
And we have become, the Holy Spirit dwells in us for a reason, to lead us and guide us. He will not enforce or force himself upon us. So it's up to us to inquire and to follow. If I was to, to, you know, ask someone here for directions to a location or a directions on how to do something, and you took the time and explained them to me in great, accurate detail, and I heard them, acknowledged them, and totally disregarded them, your instructions didn't accomplish anything. They could have but they didn't. Why? Because we didn't follow. Do you see where I went with that? We have been given the instructions. I know it's had a, um, a timely influence on me too. I know Kreffler Dallow Creflo Dollar has been speaking about, you know, perfected by grace and, and, and God's work in us. And one of the things that, that, that it brought out that kind of resonated with me, and I, I haven't, haven't got to listen to a complete message yet. I've always had to leave before it was, before it was finished. But one of the, one of the things is, the, is that when God is not in something, that something is godless. So the moment you take God out of something, or conversely, don't let him into something, it is godless. So we can call it whatever we want, but if God is not in it, it is not godly. See, we, are, we will find out, if we haven't already, that our strength and our knowledge and our abilities are insufficient to meet our needs. And if you haven't got there yet, it will happen. See, we're not supposed to have it all because we were created to have room for him. We were created to follow, to have a relationship with God and to follow him in absolutely everything that we do. We are built and designed to flow and to work in, the conjun in conjunction with and with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But he can't guide you if you're not asking for guidance. And he can guide you, but it won't help you if you're not listening to the guidance. Have you, is there anybody here that has not used a GPS or, or map app on your phone to help you get somewhere? Where it talks to you and tells you, you know, to make the left-hand turn or to make the next right or to turn right up ahead, and you don't? It wasn't helping you, was it? And the next thing you hear, if it's like mine, is recalculating. Because yeah. <laughs> it's got to figure out how to get you back on track. And it could have been avoided if we had just listened to the step. 
we are built to have a dependence on God. We are to depend upon Him and not and and not to have the absence of God or the reliance of self. Have you ever heard the expression, the self-made man? Right? We're not supposed to be that. I have good news for me, and I have good news for you. I'm still breathing, so it's not too late. You're still breathing because you're here. It's not too late. God can still fix us. He's still working on us. So I'm going to start, you know, we started with one scripture now, but, but I want to build on the platform that because of, <laughs> I actually said to Annette last night, the TV was on, I said, I am getting so tired of hearing the complaints on the news. Now, I know there is some terrible stuff going on, and I'm not demeaning anything that people are going through. It is horrendous. People should not have to endure what they're going through. People are going through tremendous trials right now in their body with physical things, with illness and sicknesses and disease and surgeries and stuff. It's terrible. We shouldn't have to endure it. But there's so many people complaining about so many different things. And it's like, whoa. Like, hey, you know, there is so much that we can be thankful for. Now, I, I'm, again, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not demeaning. There, there are people in our community right here that have lost houses, lost pets, Thank God I don't believe we actually lost any any people, right? Which, by the way, folks, I think is a miracle, yes. right? Like, we're quick to complain about the lack of communication or the fact that it's been 10 days and we don't know what's going on. But hey, like, there are, there are people that risk their lives, right? But there's always something that we can be thankful for. If you're still sitting here, or you're still sitting there, you're on one of these somewhere, there's hope. We have something to be thankful for. So I'm going to go back to the, the foundation again. Psalm, Psalm, 30, Psalm 139. We're going to read a couple of verses, starting with verse 13. This is to remind you, who you are, and not to downplay your significance. Psalm 139, verse um, 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, 
you are still with me. I think it was Carolyn that shared the other week about the grains of sand and how, how a cubic foot of sand is like a million grains. That's, that's just one foot by one foot by one foot. They outnumber the grains of sand. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm feeling so pathetic or so useless or so whatever. You know, I should be doing more. I should be accomplished more. I should have done this. I should have done that. No, no, no. Back up the truck. Think about something for a minute. How precious are the thoughts that God has towards you? Let's go to Psalm 8 and verse 3. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you'd made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims, the ocean currents. O Lord, our God, your majestic name fills the earth. That is pretty amazing, is it not? Let's go to Philippians 1.6 because this is important too. If we're a work in progress, who started the work? Philippians 1.6. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, what kind of work? Good work. Will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So has he returned yet? So is he done? You still breathing? There's still hope. <laughs> right? Ephesians 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Now, pause there for a second. Remember? We're, we're, I started by saying about a fixer, you know, a doer, you know, somebody that wants to do stuff. This is not something that you can earn or work out. So what do we know about it? Well, we know right here, it says it's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Now catch this. Let this sink in. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God's masterpiece. He didn't make mistakes. Good so far? Yeah. Is it helping? Yeah. I know it's helping me. It helped me when I put it together. Yeah. I was going through one of those times where I needed some of this. Yeah. So we, we all go through, like, you know, we live in a world that wants to beat us down. 
You know, I think I was probably not going to get to it in my notes anyway. So uh, uh, this, this whole life of faith, right, is an absolute cultural conundrum. It is so counterintuitive to absolutely everything we are bombarded with on a moment-by-moment basis. You know, there's there's the, the new term, you know, my truth. You know, there is only one truth. Sin is sin, no matter what you call it. You can put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. It might be a pretty looking pig, but it's still a pig. Right? Just because you call it something different doesn't mean it is. And this is this is the, the chipping away. You know, it, it's the it's the the um, the eroding of the truth of the gospel and the good news and the the moral living that the scripture has put together for us that our heavenly father has intended for us and there are you know what i'm speaking tonight is not a popular message in the world because there's some people you know it's like when you when you throw a, a stick into a, a pack of dogs the ones that get hit yelp yes so there is some yelping going on. Yes. You know, everybody, everybody wants their equal opportunity, but don't dare try to enforce yours. Because you're all of a sudden you're, you're demeaning or you're condescending or you're diminishing. It's like, no, you know what? If we, if we take a knife and cut ourselves, we will bleed. Each and every one of us here. It doesn't matter if you're young, you're old, doesn't matter the skin tone or color, it doesn't matter whether we were born in this country or another one, we are all creatures, we are created by God. We're created to love one another, we're created to have dominion over this world which is crying for help. Not just, not just the people, but the, the earth is groaning. <laughs> crying for the manifestation, I think is what the scripture says. John 14. That's John 14 and verse 15. If you love me, Obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Do you feel abandoned? Didn't we sing a song about this tonight? He will never leave us. He will never abandon us. Verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Praise the Lord. 
So when you're feeling alone, I mean, David had times when he felt alone. Elijah had times when he felt alone. He thought he was the only prophet left, right? Everyone else is gone. Everyone else is being killed. I alone am left. There are times probably in your sphere of influence where you feel like you're the last man standing. You're the last one, right? You're not alone. You're never alone because he is in us. In 1 Chronicles 28, verse 20, then David continued, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. This is another scripture Paul uh, writes. This says, Know ye not, ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost? So you too are a temple. Yeah. Fear not, don't be discouraged. The work will continue. He will not fail, and he will not forsake you. So let's go to uh, Romans. Hope I'm not throwing too much word at you tonight, but I'd rather preach the word than uh, emotions, feelings, modern concepts. <laughs> Romans 8, verse 9. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Verse 10, And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. See, he is within you. We're not alone. Ever. Ever. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts. Where? In your hearts. Where? In our hearts. <laughs> I was wondering if somebody was going to do that. <laughs> Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love, or how deep his love is. 
May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is awesome. A couple more, because it's important. The question I started with, has anybody got it together? Right? No. We might be close. Some may be closer than others. <laughs> some, some, woof, boys, where <laughs> have we started? <laughs> and there are days when we revert a little bit. You know, you know, two steps forward, three steps back. <laughs> you know, we have our moments. But we're not alone. He hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't forgotten us. So uh, where was I? Colossians. Um, let's go to Colossians. Colossians, Colossians, chapter 1, verse 26. Colossians 1, 26. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you, Gentiles, too. And this is a secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you the assurance of sharing his glory. See, we don't have to attain, you know, we, we don't have to, we don't have to scream out to the heavens, right? Where does he live? In us. Now we can we can sing our voice, we can raise our voice in praise as we should, right? We can lift our voice and declare the word, which we should, right? But he is in us. He dwells in us. He quickens us. He empowers us. He leads us. He guides us. He corrects us. <laughs> yes. Sometimes correction smarts a little. Sometimes we reject correction. Have you ever had somebody that doesn't want to be told they're wrong? <laughs> Have you been there? <laughs> yeah, I think most of us know somebody or can relate to somebody. <laughs> or are that somebody? Resemble that remark? Yeah. Colossians 3, chapter 10. See, for so long, right, we can try... To, to, to do this, to do church, right? To be church, to be that model Christian, to, to you know, to 
be cheerful, to be bubbly, to love one another, to try to do things. We can try in our own strength. But there will be a day where that strength will diminish or will fade or will quit altogether. That's when we know that we've been trying the wrong way. And how do you know that you're doing it wrong until you find out you're doing it wrong? It's not, it's not deep, right? But, but is it true? I mean, if you think that you're right and you keep doing what you think is right, but you're completely wrong, how are you going to know you're wrong until you find out? Do we even ask God sometimes? Should I do this? Should I do it this way? So Colossians 3, verse 10. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you, catch this, as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So how we become like him is to learn to know him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. We'll run right into Ephesians chapter 2. And we'll go to verse 19. So now, you Gentiles, so that's all of us, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of the dwelling where God lives by his spirit. See, we are, we are to put on in, in uh, Ephesians 4, it says to put on the new nature, to be created, to be like God truly righteous and holy. But it's not a natural, like, it's not part of the natural human condition in a fallen world. We, we absorb, as it were, the culture around us. That's why we're encouraged to be renewed by the transforming of our mind, right? I'm going to skip, skip ahead just in the interest of time, or just a couple more. So when I started earlier, I talked about the, the, the um, religious traditions, you know, our rules and our ways of doing things and, and, you know, the correct method of conduct and how you, you know, how you behave and how you dress and how you, you do everything. Paul addressed the Galatians who are dealing with that. Uh, let's, let's go there, because again, it's important not just to go by, you know, what I say, 
I want you to hear what the Word says. And again, maybe this is just for me and for someone out there. Maybe you guys got it all together, but I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's, there's if, if it doesn't work for you today, give it a bit. <laughs> There'll be a day when it, it could benefit you, I'm sure. Because we have, we have, although we have the mind of Christ, sometimes things cloud out our memory and we forget things and we start to dwell on things that our minds ought not to dwell on. There's, there's, uh, there would be a, a, um, a staggering statistic. I didn't look it up. Don't really want to know. <laughs> there, but there would be a staggering statistic of the number of people that are dealing with mental issues and mental stress. Anxiety numbers and statistics are like beyond anything. Depression, you know, there is countless, countless millions of people on this globe dealing with this. Why? Because they're all bombarded by stuff that's not truth, that's not God, that's not uplifting, that's not trying to put pressure on ourselves to fix what we can't fix. Galatians 3, chapter 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ, death was made as clear to you as if he had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses or by following the rules of the church? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting out your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Ouch. Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and counted, and God counted it him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. Philippians 3, uh, uh, 3, let's go to verse 9. No, you can't start at verse 9. Uh, let's go verse, uh, let's do it right. Philippians 3, verse 7, and I'll, I'll wrap up here. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. 
I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly price for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. There is a prize. We win. He wants us to win. He wants us to be victorious. His purpose is for us to be victorious. All we have to do is ask and trust and follow where he leads. And don't step where he says don't step. Because if we step, it's like the, the, the child says, you know, don't touch that, it's hot. When they touch it, they get burnt. We tried to warn them. We may have even tried to reach out and grab them. It wasn't the intent for them to be burnt. But if you walk what you're not supposed to walk, and talk what you're not supposed to talk, <laughs> we will reap what we wish not to reap. God is good. Father, I thank you for your word. And I again just pray that your word goes forth and brings about change. May it bring, through, bring forth fruit in our hearts of our spirit and our minds, that it will indeed work towards the renewal of our minds, the transforming, and we thank you for it. We thank you that... You are able and willing and desire to meet every need here in this place, mental, physical, emotional, financial, even those hardly are able to be articulated. You are able. You are the great physician. You are the creator of the universe. There is nothing so great that you cannot overcome. There is nothing so surprising that you have not foreseen. And there is nothing for which you are unable to help us or unwilling to help us from. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.